Since it is so likely that children will meet cruel enemies, let them at least have heard of brave knights and heroic courage. C.S. Lewis You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I am Lee Hall. And I'm Lee Esses. What are we talking about today? We are talking about designing your main characters. Ugh. Hey! <laughs> I think it's fun. Main characters can be really difficult, and that's really one of the things that people get the most excited about, is, oh, my main character's like this, and it's so much fun because she blah, 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 whatever it is. But doing it well is an art form in and of itself. Which is why my reaction was, ugh. (laughs) I do love creating characters, and they're so much fun, but it is so difficult to do right and make them realistic. Because that's really a goal of any author is to have realistic characters. Mm -hmm. So what are the primary characters? So your main characters show up throughout the story. And it should be your hero, the one whose point of view you're following throughout the story in some respect. The one your reader should be rooting for. Yes, hopefully. Which means you kind of need to make them likable. In some respects, yeah. I I read a book relatively recently. I don't think I finished it because I just got so fed up with the main character and threw the book across the room and it like sat on the other side of the room for like a month. (laughs) You don't want to do that to your readers? Yeah. So what makes a good character? As far as good main characters? Yes. Complexity. Having a a thought-through backstory as a plotter, having a a backstory is helpful. Doesn't mean I have to put it on the page. That's part of the plotting part of it. But understanding that my character has just gone through a divorce. So she's super tragic on the inside, but really tries her best to make sure everyone around her is happy. That kind of an inner conflict, whatever situation you throw at her, is really important. And realism. Yes. Because nobody likes to read a character who is monotone, who is flat. Mm-hmm. The, that's part of the complexity in your main characters is having struggles, having differences. And if you write from multiple points of view, they shouldn't all sound the same. Yes. So I have a quick question. Do you play d and I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> so a good way to make sure your character is well-rounded and interesting is actually the D&D model. They have a lot of different ways of sorting your characters, but it helps you make sense and keep it all sorted in your head. And give your character reason to do what they do. Yes. Because in D&D, you have a character, if they are, you know, lawful good, what they're going to be doing is sticking to the rules. Their purpose is for good, for the better of whatever it is they're fighting for. So explain lawful good and where that phrase comes from. All right. So in D&D, classically, you have an alignment chart. There are nine different sections. In the vertical columns, you have things like lawful, neutral, and chaotic. Your lawful characters, they're going to be following a law of some kind. Sometimes it can be their own law that they have set for themselves, but a lot of the time or it's- religion, right? Or a religious law, but a lot of the times it's going to come from an external source. Your neutral characters, they don't really care if they follow laws. They tend to be more likely to, but if they have to break a law, they have to break a law. And in your chaotic category, they'll break laws almost intentionally, depending on whether they're good or evil, depends on what kind of laws those are that they're breaking and what the purpose is. 
your rows are basically your motivations. So you have your good, you have your neutral, and you have your evil. So you have your good people that they're trying to do something for their society, for their religion. It's an external motivation. Yeah. External motivation to do something. Good for others. Good for others. Your neutrals, again, mostly just kind of out for themselves. They'll do what needs to be done, but don't really care if it's good or evil. And then your evil characters are, well, evil. (laughs) (laughs) They're, They're often out for themselves in some capacity or another. It doesn't always have to be financial. Doesn't have to be conquering the world. It could be bringing the dead wife back to life. Screw everyone else. Yeah. In the end, lawful good, neutral good, chaotic good, lawful neutral, true neutral, chaotic neutral, lawful evil, neutral evil, and chaotic evil. So an example of a lawful good character would be Captain America. Yes. His values, his ideas, his motivations are very lawful good. But part of having that complex character, sometimes you go out of that alignment. Uh, who would you say is a neutral good character? Tony Stark. Especially he, in the beginning. He verges a little bit on chaotic just because he likes breaking the rules. Not nearly but, as much as Thor. Yeah. <laughs> Where uh, Robin Hood is, is the mental go-to for chaotic good. He's, he's robbing from the rich to give to the poor. So he's, he's doing it the rules. for a good purpose. Mm-hmm. Your lawful neutrals. I always think of Captain Picard. Yeah. Because he's, you know, the prime directive is really what's important. The law is what's important. Uh, Good and evil are more points of view. True neutrals are probably the most boring characters. Yes. Unless they're done right. Yeah. I think my favorite true neutrals are often animals. Yes. And I'm also going to put androids in this, but a lot of the non-humans, because there's a baser instinct that drives them beyond good and evil, right and wrong, chaos and law. It's their coding. Yes. So chaotic neutrals. I kind of think of Jack Sparrow. Sorry, Captain. Captain Captain Jack Jack Sparrow. Sparrow. (laughs) He's, he'll break the rules. He's a pirate. He's like, you know, rules, that's nice. And he will often intentionally break the rules and he'll do it for himself. He won't always align with good unless he thinks good is going to win, but he won't always align with evil unless he thinks evil's going to win. Yeah. So very much out for himself, mm-hmm. but always willing to break the rules. Um, lawful evil. This is a lot of your evil governments. Mm-hmm. Um, the judge President, in Sweeney Todd. President Snow in Hunger Games. Yes. Very lawful evil. They follow the rules that have been set, but they use them in a way. They'll manipulate them. Yeah. For their own gain. So who would you consider neutral evil? Cersei Lannister from Game of Thrones. I don't know who that is. So I don't watch Game of Thrones. She is very aggressive as a mother, and she collects all the power she can to protect her children. Nothing else matters. That is her primary goal, and so she will lay waste to the entire world if it means one of her kids can survive. Probably the chaotic evil character that people always go to is the Joker from Batman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he is all about chaos. He is all about just... Upsetting the system. And he's very, very chaotic about it. Doesn't really care who gets hurt. Doesn't care what gets in his way. He'll do whatever it takes to get what he wants. Yeah. And killing people is part of the process for him. It's part of the fun for him. Yes. How do you use these models to help build your characters? Understanding where they fall helps your character's motivations be consistent so that it doesn't, nothing feels out of character down the road. Or 
Counterpoint, when they do something out of character, you can have built toward that. Yes. So if they are a lawful good character and you're going to want them to do something chaotically good, you have to build toward that. Mm-hmm. I caution against going too far away from their original yeah, source. You can slide one notch, I think, Yeah, across the grid. Because going too far, going from lawful good to chaotic evil is just unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Why are characters important when you're designing your characters toward your plot? There are two ways of approaching how your main characters interact with your plot. So either you make it so you come up with the plot first. That's what I did with my most recent series was, okay, here's this concept and I need to create a main character who will struggle with this. Having a main character struggle with whatever your plot is should be vital in making sure that the whole thing is interesting. So some people will design the plot first and then design the main character around it, which is what I did with my miniseries Linked. Another way you can you can approach it is to design the character first and it's like, what would be mo- most difficult for this character? So this character is afraid of water and she gets stuck on a cruise ship. That is designing the plot around the character because you have this interesting character in your idea and now we have to challenge them. Because if it's easy for them, then it's really boring for the reader. Yeah. My most recent fantasy series, there was magic, there was spell casting. The bad guy was very fluent with the magic. The main character didn't have magic because I wanted to challenge the main character. And that is probably the most interesting thing for the reader is when your character encounters something that is a challenge, that is difficult. And that brings out that complexity in your character. Shouldn't be easy. Characters shouldn't be flawless. We don't want Mary Sue's. We should have weaknesses. We should have flaws. Mary Sue's don't. It's, for those that don't know the phrase, it's a female character who is depicted as unrealistically lacking in any flaws or weaknesses. And that's just, uh, it's so boring. Nobody wants those characters. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a female or not, nobody wants that character. I like to use Superman and Batman as an example. I hate Superman. Batman is much more interesting because he's conflicted internally. Having Superman as a superhero, you know, the hands on the hips and spine straight gets really boring. It does, especially when his only weakness is a rock. That makes him just like the rest of us. Yeah. It's it's not entertaining. It's like I think the last Superman movie I watched, I was rooting for Lex Luthor because he was a human. You mean he was a complex character? Yes. <laughs> that 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 that's what I'm saying. So when you are developing your main characters, really avoid the monotone, really avoid the flat. Give them things to think about. Give them things that they're a little conflicted about. Because if they aren't having that internal conflict as well as the external conflict, it's not interesting. Absolutely. And if you find yourself asking about what about the rest of the characters, hang on, because next episode, that's what we'll be talking about. I get to talk about why those are so important and why you can be cliche. And until then, write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.